0: And I will drag you down And sell
2: you out. Run away. Let me be blunt about a few things America stinks Sports stink The NFL stinks The soundtrack for the league should be Yakety sax. There's so many bad games, so many bad teams, so many bad players, so many embarrassing plays that that decide the outcome of what's supposed to be this sport where the teams are coached and execute like a switch watch. But, I mean, like that Buffalo-Denver ending the other night. Too many men on the field, missed field goal, kicking again. Buffalo loses. Just a joke. But that trickles down to every sport throughout America. We're going to have the worst choice possible in the next presidential election. I can feel it. Aaron Rodgers is somehow a hero. Jim Harbaugh is a martyr. Megan Rapinoe just won't go away. And if you watch ESPN from 8 a.m. to 2 p.m. every weekday for the six-hour block of nonstop yelling and mugging, you got to feel like we're at the end of days. And that'd be fine by me at this point. So let's just go big picture here. America, you suck. And guess what? You just made the list. The list is brought to us by Bent Rivers Online Sportsbook. Bet Rivers online sportsbook is Pittsburgh's hometown sportsbook. Bet now from anywhere. If it sounds like I didn't have a list prepared and I kind of ad-libbed that one based on a monologue I previously did in the 3 o'clock hour, I have no comment. 412-333-WXDX is the number to call. Like I said, I'm at the Cambria Hotel doing the show for 3-6 tomorrow. Uh, prior to the Penguin game. So do your Penguin pregame with me at the Cambria. That's brought to us by our good friends at Bud Lights. Uh, I I was at uh, Caliente and Crafton last night for the Penguin game. People love me. I'm more popular than I've ever been before. Nearly everybody in that restaurant was there to see me and talk to me and meet me and get free stuff from me. A, a couple uh, young guys were there. A kid was there. By the way, if you're a kid and you come to one of my appearances, I will give you something. Because kids deserve to get the best of everything in a situation like that, as opposed to an adult. I mean, I appreciate you feeling you're getting a brush with greatness, but I'm not sure you have to get a a, a Penguins cap or, or ski cap or anything like that. But uh, yeah, just a great time. But I, I am really more over than ever before. And it's kind of weird because, you know, as you know, I'm kind of considering some things, but uh, boy, I felt really popular and beloved last night at Caliente in in Crafton, uh, and I had their Detroit-style pizza, which I love. Although I did not know that the Tingly Ted's Hot Sauce Buffalo Chicken Pizza was still on the menu, ergo did not get it, Wish I could have. And I even kept my eating in control last night, only three slices, which for me, that ain't that much. Let's go to Mike in the car. Mike, you're on with Double M.
1: Hey, Mark. Um, I, you, you brought up some good points about you know, quarterback play, and um, you know I was looking the other day at some of the teams, and you look at Buffalo and, and the Chargers, for example, and they're you know 500 teams. You look at quarterback ratings, and you got Brock Purdy leading the league. Patrick Mahomes, you know, outside well, I Well, I left
2: Purdy off my list of. of- Truly good quarterbacks. And I left Russell Wilson off my list, too, even though he's regrouping in a big way. Uh, I think Buffalo and the L.A. Chargers are betraying the caliber of their quarterbacks. I don't think it's it's their fault that those teams aren't as good as they should be. And if I were the Buffalo Bills and Josh Allen, I'd tell Stephon Diggs to go F himself because him creating a commotion when he's dropping balls over the middle, uh, fumbled one into an interception last night, you know, if if he thinks he's as important as Josh Allen, he's absolutely insane.
1: Oh, no doubt about that. And uh, speaking of Buffalo, uh, man, if they get rid of McDermott, that would be a guy I'd have right at the top of the list uh, if he'd be interested in a coordinator position.
2: Well, I think he'd probably be able to get another head coaching job. But, yeah, I mean, that, that guy they fired as the coordinator, Ken Dorsey, I'd be interested in hiring him, too. You know what's funny, though? People are saying, well, if they can fire their coordinator, why can't the Steelers fire Matt Canada? Matt Canada's had a couple good games in a row now. He's got the running game going. They're 2-0 and with him on the sideline. So I'm not saying he deserves to come back next year. I'm saying now is maybe not the right time to beat that drum. Let's go to Grant and Edgewood. Grant, what's up? Hey, what up, Double M? What up, man Hey, uh, yeah, you,
1: I, I agree with you about Dub- Dubas. Has, has impressed me so much with one off season, given that the constraints that he had with this team. The only concern I have right now, and I'm feeling good as a Pens fan with the team. I'm enjoying them. Is I just am I wrong for just not believing in Jari if the team comes down to making maybe making the playoffs? Am I wrong for feeling that way and having no confidence in him?
2: I'm not sure. I believe in him. I mean, well, it depends what you're believing in him to do. Do I think he can get them to the playoffs? Probably. Uh, Do I think he's going to win a playoff series? I don't know, because he's never done that. Right. Yeah,
1: I mean, that's my biggest concern, but I don't know what else Dubas can do to even... Oh, no, no, no. no
2: Uh, As I've had it described to me, Jari is the devil they know. I understand them keeping him. I'm hoping... I mean, he has three shutouts, part of another one, too, really, four. And, uh... You know, they couldn't have got nobody better. The only option would have been to have Nijelkovic, Helberg, and maybe another guy at that level and just throw a lot of crap at the wall and see what sticks. And they can still do that if it comes to that. Let's go to man on the road. Man on the road. You're on with Double M.
1: Hi, right, Mark. Uh, just just two different things to comment on. Uh, first off, I want to just touch on the Penguins. Just uh, you know, the core of uh, of Crosby, Malkin, Latang still playing as great as they are. And uh, honestly, I think one of the best things about them. Obviously, they got to play well, but there's just like this humbled nature to to their positions. Latang taking a backseat to to Carlson. You know, Malkin and Crosby, all of them playing together after all these years without any kind of diva. Kind of behavior no 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 as long great. as long
2: as they play well but but and then again brah, how often do you see diva behavior in hockey yeah that's uh,
0: that's the point it is it's, and uh, that's a why hockey is my favorite
2: that. game among many reasons but that's one of them as to why I love hockey so much let's go to the swabby swabby you're on with double M
1: how you doing mark uh, yeah just uh, glad the pens are playing uh, better uh, the one guy that geez I who's snake bitten or whatever you want to call it ricard raquel is really I, I don't know if he's killing the second line but he's the one guy that i don't know how much longer he can play there i don't know who you're going to play there but wouldn't it be so and i i as much as i could believe what dubas could do what he pulled off this summer i pretty much believe he can do a lot of things uh, with the cap wouldn't it be
2: totally the penguins though to get Patrick Kane. I'm not sure how that can be done. they're not going to get Patrick Kane. They shouldn't get Patrick Kane. A 35-year-old guy coming off hip surgery to a team that's already ancient? No way. No way. They should not for sure. And they couldn't get him in under the cap anyway. The only thing I could see them doing is trading Raquel, or maybe, depending on where the team's at, trading Gensel. But Sid wouldn't like that. I think they might already be having or should be having buyer's remorse over the Raquel contract. Cause I got to tell you, Swabby, he ain't even coming close, is he? No, he's he's
1: and I and I listen and I know the announcers they're like, oh well, yeah, he's. I mean, he is. He's getting worse. Like I, at the beginning of the year, he had a few chances, but I feel like now it's it's getting worse with him. And how much longer can you go with that on your second line? Because Riley Smith and Malkin have a ton of chemistry and playing great together. He's really dragging them down, I believe. I think no, no, I don't,
2: I don't think he's dragging them down. I'm amazed by how Riley Smith and Evgeny Malkin are playing so well without Raquel, statistically anyway, pulling his end uh, of the bargain. But but that said, I think Raquel's giving maximum effort. I just think he is handling the puck like he's trying to beat a snake to death with a tree branch. Thank you for the call. All right, uh, Mark Caballi with an interesting tweet. By the way, Cavalli's an exclusive to the, the B-team now, which is fine. I mean, wherever you get paid, we only have so much money to go around. But uh, but we can just read his tweets, and it's almost like he's a guest on the show. 105.90X. You know what I will never understand and don't really want to understand? The fuss that's made over comic book movies. There's this big debate on Twitter because John Krasinski from The Office, people wanted him cast as Reed Richards, whoever that is, in the upcoming Fantastic Four movie. And people really sweat it. And there's a million of these comic book movies from DC and Marvel. And people care so much. And it's friggin' comic books and comic book characters. At least sports and movies are real people. Then again, we're talking movies, just comic book movies. But I don't get it. Didn't get the fuss over the Barbie movie either. The only movie worth watching that I've seen lately is The Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent starring Nicolas Cage and a few others. Uh, Kabali had a response on Twitter. Kenny Pickett said all he truly cares about is winning. And he certainly has to say that. What else is he going to say? But Kabali tweeted, quote, Kenny Pickett said all he truly cares about is winning. You know who else always said that early in his career? Ben Roethlisberger, when he wasn't yet the Big Ben that he would become, the team would win and he would put up pedestrian numbers. Every QB wants to put up big numbers. That's certainly true. And I think for somebody like Roethlisberger, and pick a too, winning certainly comes first, but they want to put up big numbers. I remember when Ben won his first Super Bowl, that he was really, Upset that he didn't do much statistically in that Super Bowl. And he felt in Super Bowl 43, where he led the game-winning drive in Antonio Holmes with that pinpoint throw for the touchdown that won the game. I know Ben looked at that as a sort of vindication. I'm not sure he would use that word, but I think that's how he saw it. And uh, I'm getting tired of people saying, well, you know, the Steelers handcuffed Ben his first couple years. They're handcuffing Kenny now. Their stats are nearly the same, blah, blah, blah. First off, I saw Ben play then. I'm seeing Pickett play now. There is no remote comparison between Ben then and Pickett now. You could see that Ben had the goods. You can see that Pickett may well not. And in terms of pedigree goes, Nobody was thinking about Pickett the same way coming out of Pitt than they were Roethlisberger coming out of Miami of Ohio. And I mean nobody was thinking of Pickett the same way as they were Ben back when. Nobody. Ben had true pedigree. He was a legit first-round pick. When Pickett went to the Steelers, people were wondering, some, why he went in the first round. And he was the first quarterback picked in a terrible quarterback draft. Brock Purdy, the last player picked in that draft, turned out to be the best quarterback, which says all you need to know about the quarterbacks available in that draft. So good work by Cavalli. Like I said, he's exclusive to the B team. But if we read his tweets, it's the same as having him on. 412-333-WXDX is the number to call. Up next... He's appearing at the Parkway Theater and Film Lounge in McKees Rock Saturday night. A very funny man, a very metal guy as well. He is comedian Jim Florentine. Jim Florentine next on 1059. My guest right now is a funny guy. He's a metal guy. He's appearing at the Parkway Theater and Film Lounge in McKees Rock Saturday at 8 uh, the 25th at 8 p.m. Uh, he is the great Jim Florentine. Jim, uh how do most people see you now after all the success of that metal show? Uh, as a metal guy or a comedian?
0: It's a little of both. You know, you'll get... I always know which guys come to the show that, that from that metal show. There's like four guys in the front wearing Iron Maiden shirts. You know, and then the rest of the people are just regular comedy fans. So sometimes the metal people that come out, you know, like, oh, I thought you were going to talk about Judas Priest. I'm like, well, you know, most of the crowd doesn't know about Judas Priest. I can't really get into detail with it, but we'll talk about it afterwards at the bar.
2: Uh, i got to get some music talk in first. What do you make of Sammy Hagar doing what he seems to be characterizing as a Van Halen tribute tour without any Van Halens? Now, to be fair, I'm definitely going to go, and I guess it's okay, but what's your call?
0: Well, Michael Anthony's in it, so there's one. But look, I think Sammy was just waiting and waiting to do some kind of tribute to Eddie you know, and Alex doesn't want to do anything. David Lee Roth doesn't want to do anything, and he's just had enough. And he's like, you know what? What are we doing? There's, there's these great songs out there. You know, he went out like a year and a half, was it? It wasn't last summer. Was the summer before? And did a whole tour, and it was great. So he's just, you know, look. The bottom line, he sees a lot of money out there, and he's going to do these these outdoor, you know, uh, sheds that hold seventeen thousand people. He's going to sell every ticket, and he's going to play some old Van Halen song with his with his friends. So he's going to love it.
2: No, and I'm going to love it too. Does Satriani have the general acceptance? I mean, you and I know who he is. Do enough people know that he's going to really play those Van Halen songs very well?
0: I think so. If it was an unknown guy, I'd be like, you know, who is this? But it's Satriani. You know he's going to play them no for no. Just like how Zach plays this stuff with, with Pantera now. You know, I think, you know, he's not going to change any of it. It's going to sound just like Van Halen. Now,
2: uh, you guys are doing, you, Eddie Trunk, and Don Jamison doing a show called That Rocks on uh, YouTube, which is kind of the uh, the successor to that metal show uh, back from the MTV and VH1 days. And I really like the episode you guys did with Paul Rogers from Free and Bad Company because he doesn't talk all the time. We 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 hear from a lot of guys almost too much. Not that it's not interesting, but uh, I, I really like the Paul Rogers episode.
0: Yeah, Paul, luckily, you know, Eddie had uh, Paul on his other radio show, and Paul was looking to do some press because he had a new record coming out, his first, like, solo record in a long time. So, and he you know, we had him on that metal show back in the day, and he remembered that. He goes, I remember having a good time on that show. I wasn't sure what to expect. So, no, I'm the same way. Like, when I was a kid, when Ozzy did an interview, I was fascinated. I couldn't wait to read it in the magazine or whatever it was or radio get a copy of it but now it's just like everybody does so many interviews you don't care anymore which is a good point that you made well
2: i I bet you were like me as a kid uh jim i couldn't wait for kerrang magazine from england melody maker sounds publications like that uh cream magazine too in the u.s
0: oh they were a circus magazine too right uh you no, know, I loved it every month. I, got the, you know, I, I wound up getting the original, the first Kerrang! magazine when it came out back in, I think it was 1980. I got it because I used to go to this import record store, and I saw this Heavy of magazine that had Angus Young on the cover, and I bought it. So I was always into t- Ker- Kerrang! I got out of it after a few years. It kind of turned like more, I don't know, the music got, wasn't really geared towards me. But Sounds was another one for Mingle, and that was a great paper.
2: Now, uh, I saw this question on Twitter yesterday. What group didn't make it like Stadium Big that should have? It got some interesting responses. Um,
0: that's a tough one. I mean, and obviously, maybe that's, sub-
2: at- that's subjective because, you know, if they could have made it, usually they, they, they did.
0: Rat, you know, I think Rat has enough songs in the catalog where they could have been a lot bigger. I mean, they were bigger for they were big for a little bit, and then they imploded. But they have so many hits. I'm trying to think off the top of my head of who else could have. Well, done you, know, it. you don't don't, know, you know,
2: me and Eddie Trunk would both say UFO.
0: Well, I mean, you know, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if they. I, I like UFO, but I don't. I don't know about that. Well,
2: I know I mean, what you mean about Rat, though. And having been backstage with those guys, and I know Blotcher because he's from Pittsburgh, Turtle Creek specifically, I never saw a band that was really good sabotage itself so often, and that's even continuing today.
0: It's amazing that they, those guys still can't get along. You know, there's so much money out there for these these you know bands from back in the day to tour. And the people have the money to go pay those tickets that they just can't get along to go do it. Most of the bands do. Put the grievances aside and do it. You know, thinking of another band that should have been huge, Thin Lizzy.
2: Yeah, for sure. And I'm not sure what happened there because, you know, Phil had dependencies, but they were together for a long time and they had Boys Are Back in Town, which was a big radio hit, still is. And I'm not sure why. Like with Rat, I know why. With Thin Lizzy, I don't know why.
0: Well, I heard, I read that Thin Lizzy, you know, when they, whenever they'd come to the United States to tour, like a big tour, support an actor, even headline in smaller theaters, something would happen and the tour would get canceled. There was always a problem, you know, and then some, my friend made a good point about this. And I don't know if it's true or not, you know, in the you know, it was the seventies. He said that, you know, it might have been because of, because of Phil's skin color where the radio stations didn't want to play him. And I, I'm like, I never thought about that, but that could be, right? I mean, you think?
2: Yeah, maybe. I don't know. I mean, like, you know, like James Brown had broken through big time, but that was a soul act, and that's a different kind of radio station. I don't know. I mean, you, 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 what makes it intriguing is, like I said, with Rat, we knew why. With uh, with Thin Lizzy, we we didn't really. Now, as I mentioned, you're doing um, your comedy at the Parkway Theater and Film Lounge in McKee's Rock Saturday, November 25th at 8 p.m., What's it like doing comedy now? Because when I go to comedy shows, it's kind of composed of X amount of people in the audience who are waiting for a reason to post something on YouTube that gets the performer in trouble. Like, like it, the whole world's looking over everybody's shoulder now, and I hate that.
0: Yeah, you know, it, it does happen sometimes, but I, I really think, like, the people that come to comedy clubs now are not getting offended. So, they're, you know, the, the people that do get offended by everything. Just know to stay home. There's clips of all the comics out there. So they probably look and go, no, that's not me for me. I'm not going. So I think, you, I, you know, I see the comics getting away with a lot of stuff on stage now in the clubs, you know, as far as putting it on social media, that same joke, and it can get in the wrong hands. That's where you have a problem.
2: And you don't let that bother you. I, I know that from having seen you perform, you're not really concerned about cancel culture. And I, I think that speaks well to, to what you do.
0: No, I just, you know, I'm just glad I didn't start doing comedy now because I don't know how I would handle it. You know, once you're you're in it that long, I'm like, what are they going to take away from me at this point? It's like I've never been like that. I've never – I'm just like I just do stuff that's funny, you know, and and that's it, that I find funny. And, you know, I can't – just because the media says you're not allowed to say this word or do this anymore, it's like you're not going to dictate what I could do and what I can Like, all of a sudden, I can't. I'm not going to listen to you. I'll I'll, I'll retire that word, whatever it is, or that topic, when I feel like it.
2: Where do comedians get exposure now? How do you get famous now? Because it used to be like, I don't know, Saturday Night Live, Johnny Carson, Howard Stern. But a lot of that's dried up. I guess it's kind of do-it-yourself now, right?
0: Most of it's do-it-yourself. Get on Instagram, TikTok, put a video out there, build a following like that. You know, Joe Rogan's show is like, you know, almost like Howard Stern back in the day. He's made a lot of comedians by putting guys on there. So, yeah, it's a, t- a totally different ballgame now. You know, even the morning radio shows around the country, they were always huge in every little market that you went in. You go in town, you do the show, you sell a bunch of tickets, but that rarely happens now either.
2: Now, I, I've not heard you do much political humor. Is it—is it better to avoid that? Because I think so. Like, even though that's fertile ground, Jim, like like Stephen Colbert, who I find very funny, but I can't watch him anymore. He's a one-trick pony. It's it's like, you know, a solid hour of bashing Trump and that's
0: it. I never got into politics. I don't care. I, I I hate when artists do it, but you know, um I it's just I don't I don't feel like dividing the room. Like I like to be edgy and get people like, oh man, where's he going with this? But as far as politics, I'm not gonna fight. I'm not gonna win somebody over. On either side, I'm pretty much in the middle to begin with. So to me, it's just, you know, I, I always stay away from that. I remember when Trump was in office, there'd be like, you know, a show in New York City. There'd be like nine people on. We all do like 10 minutes. And guys would be arguing, let me do my Trump jokes. No, I'm doing them. Well, I'm going up next. How am I going to do them I'm like, that. that is a comic, You know, you got to move on from that. Like, if everybody's doing the same topic, why would you even just move on to do other material? So I always just talk about myself on stage anyway.
2: Now, uh, one thing we always talk about, I am just so impressed, and it's always funny. You've been terrorizing telemarketers for years, which is, uh, you know, turning around the typical crank call. And I think you're up to volume seven now. Is that right? How have you prolonged that
0: and, and kept it funny? You know, I don't, you know, I, I took a, a few years off. You know, I didn't do it for a while. I'm like, I don't know. I think I'm done with it. But in the last, like, six years, I put two more out. You know, if you... People still call, I mean, constantly. And I think they almost sell your number. Like if you pick up, I think they sell it to other companies. So as soon as I plug in my home phone, my phone just rings off the hook constantly. They just keep calling and calling and calling. So I'm just like, if I come up with some good ideas, and sometimes I just wing it most of the time. I just, I listen to what they say, and I try to take it in a different direction and see what happens.
2: Now, uh, I want to get back to music for a second. You host a show on Sirius XM which is tremendous you play stuff that uh, if i heard it before i want to hear it again but haven't heard it in a while uh, you you know what i mean i mean how do you pick your playlist there cuz it's tremendous
0: you know i just kind of i go through you know i'm i'm that i know all those metalheads that like this kind of stuff and i'm like i know they they know the deep tracks on these on these classic albums so, I'll just play those songs. You know, I'm like, this is a good one. I know if I heard this on the radio, I'd be like, oh man, this is great. I can't believe I hear this on the radio. So, I just kind of go through my whole my music catalog. I just pick, you know, each week. It's fun. I like, I like the challenge of it, picking a set list and then, you know, playing and all that stuff. So,
2: you know, it's funny, Jim, because uh, the last time you were on the show, we talked at length about Kiss. And I'm going to the last two shows, what they say are the last two shows, December 1st and 2nd at the Garden. And it's weird because I'm going because I feel I should be at Kiss's last shows because I've I've seen them like 30 times. But I'm kind of expecting the worst. I mean, you know what I mean? I'm going there with mixed expectations.
0: I think the shows are going to be great. The problem is, you know, in nine months, they're going to be doing more shows. You really think so? absolutely what band has ever called a quit and and kept their word to it yeah i mean somebody I has know one band that's done led zeppelin that's right. it well and
2: they came back even for an occasional show yeah but but yeah no you're right but the thing is i don't think these guys can physically do it anymore and and we all know they're using tapes for paul quite a bit which which actually in, in his case with with this you know setting i don't mind it that much
0: yeah, I don't mind that stuff either. I what I think they'll do in another year after they do these shows is to do like a Vegas residency. And they'll do like, you know, 10, 20 shows there. And, I'm, st- tour, and I'm stupid. Just, I'll, I'll go to that, too. I'll go to that, too, Jim. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, I, you know, speaking of, I went. I was at opening night of the Spear at the U2 show in Vegas. Oh, my God. How was that? It was unbelievable. I was just there for a comedy festival, and I wound up getting the tickets. At the last second in the Uber on the way over there, I bought a ticket for $232 on StubHub, got in, and it was YouTube went on in 10 minutes. It was amazing.
2: Yeah, like what, the the, the visuals? I mean, what makes it great? I mean, I, I've seen clips, but
0: but what's your evaluation? It's the visuals. It's also there's no speakers on the stage. All the speakers are in the walls around the whole you know, sphere. So there's no amps on the stage. Yeah. So the whole stage is like bare, except for the drummer and a microphone. So it's so weird to see that. And and the sound is all over the arena. So even if you're in the nosebleed seats, the sound is right there in the walls right next to you.
2: What kind of groups can do a residency there and like sell out? Let's say the minimum residency is five dates. How many groups are there that can do that?
0: You know, rock groups, not too many. Metallica could do it, right? Um, Metallica could do know, it once AC a year. D- yeah, ACDC could do it if they were, if they were going to do more shows. I don't know, but they could do it. Foo Fighters, maybe. But, I, you know, I think probably b- more Guns combat. and Roses
2: could have done it right out of the shoot when they came back with Slash and Duff, but not now.
0: Yeah, I think they you know ran its course with that you know tour, and I'm you know I've seen them a bunch of times and. On this tour, and I, you know, I think I'm done seeing them because it's like you know, all right, a three and a half hour show. It's good, but I've seen it four times since they've been back together. So, but yeah, I think more pop acts like a Taylor Swift and, oh. and bands like that could could do it. Don't you think the
2: Rolling Stones are going to do it? Because it would be easy for them.
0: That's a good idea. Probably, yeah they they can. That's they can easily sell ten shows out there. Yeah. You know, because it it takes like two weeks, you know, it takes like two weeks just to set up all the visuals and stuff like that. So you can't, a band just can't go in there for one night, just do a one night, 20,000 seats. You think Aerosmith's done? Yeah, I think so.
2: I kind of do too. I'm hoping for the best, but uh, I've talked to a couple other professional singers and they say that injury is going to be a tough nut to crack at that
0: age. Yeah, and this, all the drama going on in the band, and I'm, um, you know, I saw some footage. You, uh, you saw, I remember we talked, last time we talked, you were going to see him in Pittsburgh. And they were great. Um, they, they were saw- great. Then it fell apart. Right. And then Steven yelling at everybody on stage and yelling at the, the new drummer and screaming the whole time, I, you know, it's in the Philly show and all that stuff. So he's a mess. I think, I think, I, I would say they're done.
2: Well, on that note, you're not done. You'll be at uh, in McKee's Rocks on the 25th, Jim. We look forward to it. Thanks, as always, and we'll talk again real soon.
0: Thanks, Mark. I appreciate it.
2: That's Jim Florentine. Nobody funnier than him. Uh, he'll be at the Parkway Theater and Film Lounge in McKee's Rocks. I, I, I said this Saturday earlier, but that's not true. It's Saturday, November 25th, which is actually better because I think I can go that Saturday. Don't think there's a penguin. Maybe there is. I don't know. We'll figure it out. Anyway, time to ask Mark anything, four one two three three wxdx It's the Mark Madden Show, 105.9. Matt Vensel of the PG wrote a good article about uh, Crosby's, what he called the Crosby tip that goal he scored last night to uh, win the game at Columbus. We've seen him do it like a dozen or more times in his career. I call it the nine iron because he kind of wedges it up from an awful angle and just puts it wherever he wants. Anyway, the number to call is 412-333-WXDX. This is Ask Mark Anything, brought to us by People's Natural Gas. Let's go to Jimbo. Jimbo, you're on with Double M.
1: What up, man? What up? Hey, Mark, uh, two quick questions for you. One, have you watched the Kurt Angle documentary on Peacock?
2: Not yet, but I intend to. I heard it's very good.
1: It is a top-notch documentary from start to finish.
2: I will be watching and it. What's just, your other question?
1: Uh, will you ever have Bill Burr back on the show?
2: If he comes to Pittsburgh, I'd love to have Bill on. I think he's hilarious.
1: He's, he's my favorite as well. You should get him on.
2: I will. Uh, like I said, the next time it's uh, applicable. Bill, Bill does a lot of dates all around the country. I'm not sure he'd just come on cold without something to plug, but we'll get him on, like I said, next time he comes to Pittsburgh. Let's go to Derek in Minneapolis. Derek, you're on with Double M. Other than Duquesne, what colleges did you get accepted into? I got accepted at Penn and at Pitt. And if I had been in my right mind, I would have gone to Penn. I mean, what a great institution. Uh, But uh, I wanted to stay home because I was already writing for the Post-Gazette as a teenager, and I wanted to keep that going. Well. is that the whole reason you ended up deciding to go to Duquesne because
1: you were already writing for the Post-Gazette and you just wanted to stay?
2: It's not the whole reason. I mean, Duquesne uh, was and is a, a good college, but uh, the Post-Gazette was kind of the tiebreaker. Plus, I'll be honest, I was a very immature kid, and I lived at home throughout my college experience. And uh, I don't know, maybe it would have been better to be out on my own and kind of take some risk. But at the time, it felt more comfortable to stay at home. Thank you. Thank, Thank you, you for taking the call Mark. Let's go to Jigsaw Jigsaw you're on with double M.
1: Hey Mark first I want to say great uh interview with Jim Florentine and uh second I would just like to know what is your favorite song off the Rocky Horror Picture Show.
0: Uh
2: it's a tie. I bet you can guess cuz they segue into the other.
1: I would uh I would assume um Transvestite from Transsexual Transylvania and The
2: Time Warp. Yep, exactly right. What what comes first? The Time Warp first, then, then Sweet Transvestite, correct? Yeah. And they go right into each other. I gotta be honest, I really like The Rocky Horror Picture Show. I thought that was the peak of the movie. I thought it slowed down considerably after those two songs. Well, the one with
1: Meatloaf, I thought, was pretty
2: good. Um... Uh, yeah, that was pretty good. He was Eddie. That's right. Um uh, yep. Yeah, I mean it's a it's a very good movie and Tim Curry, Susan Sarandon, Barry Bostwick. I mean, what a great cast of actors who made their mark but were relatively unknown at the time, correct? Uh
1: I would say so, but I mean Tim Curry though, I mean, he definitely made a name for himself especially after he was uh Pennywise and uh it
2: Oh, no, no, they all went on to have great careers. I mean, Susan Sarandon, my God, uh, had a great career. I mean, not least with Bull Durham, but, uh, but yeah, but that was a launching pad for a lot of careers, I think. But, yeah, those are my two favorite songs. And uh, I quote um, from Time Warp early where Riff Raff goes, where Riff Raff goes, listen closely, not for very much longer. All right, tomorrow I will be at the Cambria Hotel right next to BPG Paints Arena to do the show live. See you there, 105.90X.